Hi everyone, and welcome to the first episode of the Tech Leadership Podcast, the podcast where through conversations, we unravel the intricacies of leadership in the tech industry and provide insights on how to become a top performing leader. Today, we're having a discussion with Erin Fox about her talk, How to Get a Mentor Without Telling Them. If you like this conversation, please do remember to subscribe to this podcast on your favourite player and stay tuned for upcoming episodes. And if you would like to come and have a conversation with me about a subject you are passionate about, please email me at contact at techleadershipdecoded.com. And with that, let's get straight into the conversation. Okay, thank you, Erin, for joining me today. How are you doing, first of all? I'm doing great. Happy to be here. Talk about a fun topic. I'm really excited, yeah. Yeah, so obviously we're here to talk about getting a mentor without them knowing about it. What was the official title you had on the talk that I saw you? Because I've seen you twice. Um, I first saw you live in person at React Advanced London Mm. in 2022. And then I saw you on the online tech leader conference at 23 doing the same talk. So what did you officially call your title in the talk? Yeah, so officially it was how to get a mentor without telling them. But then I kind of added and secretly get a mentee. So it kind of goes on both ends of the spectrum. If if you're looking for a mentor or if you're um, a more senior engineer and you're looking for a mentee. But um, thanks for coming to all my talks. You must be (laughs) really, really into the subject. I love that. Yeah, I think the first one was in that tiny side room of the main event. So that was that was very nice. It wasn't that tiny. I was still on the stage, right? It wasn't still that stage. small. What's that? Yeah. Well, it just scared me being on that stage. <laughs> That's for sure. Um, so, yeah, I'd like to start off the podcast just by basically introducing yourself, just letting everyone know who you are and kind of why the subject matter we're going to be talking about is important to you and why you've done talks on it, essentially. Go yeah. from there. Yeah, absolutely. So, um to make, I guess, my career journey quick, um, I have a master's in communications in gender studies, and I had a terrible job, and I hated doing it. I was being paid social media. Decided to quit. I did a boot camp for three months in New York City. It was the hardest thing I ever did. Cried in the bathroom. Had no idea what I was doing, uh, but I ended up being the absolute best thing for my life and career-wise. I ended up working at um, Major League Soccer, um, working on React Native, and now I'm a full stack software engineer at ConvertKit, where I um, help creators earn a living online. And I work now in web, React, um, in Rails. Not my favorite, but but throughout my journey and everything, I've always been very good at finding mentors and finding people to help Mm -hmm. me. I think it's because when I joined MLS as a junior engineer, I just had a great environment and a great mentor there to teach me and guide me and um, really show me what a good mentor was. And so I've always wanted to reflect that back on who I work with, how I can mentor others, how I could help mentors be good, mentees be good. Um, it's always been like passion of mine recently. I didn't know I was doing it this whole time until my manager brought it up. But um, yeah, I'm really, into, I'm really into helping people and, and feeling good about your career. And yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, it's really interesting. In your experience, I know lots of different places have different approaches to mentor, mentor, mentees. Like some companies I've worked for in the past, they just basically give you like a buddy, but that's not necessarily a mentor. So how would you describe what a mentor is? 
Yeah, I think for me specifically, like an engineer mentorship is Mm -hmm. you really teach what you know, like to a mentee and you teach them how to teach themselves. And and, in most mentorship relationships, there's usually a mentor and a mentee. Mm -hmm. And um, I think throughout these relationships, it can flip back and forth and like a constant learning from each other. Um, And there's like good characteristics of a good mentee and uh, a good mentor. And I think overall um, mentorship is just connecting with someone of a different skill level that can help you and teach you and guide you um, to what you want to know. And if I am someone who's looking for a mentor, what kind of fears do you think people generally have of approaching asking for mentorship? Oh, totally. Yeah, that, it, it is very scary. I think I like to give this kind of metaphor of when you're meeting someone for the first time, mm-hmm. you, if someone comes up to you straight up, like really in your face, hard <laughs> eye contact, it's very intimidating. So if someone comes up or DMs you and says, I want you to be my mentor, it's kind of like a lot to deal with. You're like, oh my gosh, I don't know this person. I don't know what they need. I don't know if I'm smart enough to help them. So I think the traditional tactic of going up to someone or DM someone will be my mentor is kind of old school now. And I think the way to find a mentor, if you're looking for one, is find someone that has similar, that has achieved goals that you have and ask them a question that can, that you need and need help with. So Mm -hmm. say I really want to get back into React Native. I haven't use it in a while. And I just, I don't know much about it. I've done some research, but I want some help. Um, Have a following on Twitter. Maybe I'll mention someone, um, hey, like thinking of getting back into React Native. Haven't really done mobile development in a while, but do you have 10 minutes to give me the scoop on like the five things that I should really focus on? And if they say yes, great. If they're too busy, move on. Um, but if they give you those five things, I'll go back, study them, maybe apply for a few jobs. Maybe I got a job and then you could go back to them and say, Hey, thank you so much for helping me. I was able to use your five things. I got the job. And so I think being able to form a mentorship more organically, other than going straight up to them in their face and being (laughs) like, Hey, will you be my mentor? Um, (laughs) I think there's like tactics that you can use that can really help you learn even like knowing specifically what you need to learn from others um can really help you kind of sneakily get a mentor i noticed that you mentioned you know calling out on twitter or potentially other social media aspects looking for a mentor doesn't necessarily mean finding someone within your own organization or really does it you you can look anywhere i assume yeah and you also don't have to have one mentor Um, I have many mentors in different kind of corners and pockets of what I want to learn, but I think it depends on what you want to learn. If you want to get better at, say you just joined a company and you know nothing about Rails and Ruby and um, they're senior engineers and you just put out maybe a slack of, hey, I'm new here, like I'm learning, trying to learn all this magic that Rails has, apparently, (laughs) like everything just happens. Um, and I don't know why we're calling these controllers, these controllers and all this stuff. So <laughs> yeah. you can, um, just ask a question and like, Hey, does anyone have 10 minutes? Love mm-hmm. to get some advice. Um, that could be a form of mentorship too. I have someone that I asked for career advice specifically. So I don't want to go to that same person and say, Hey, 
you know, is this like, do you think my career is going in a good path or, or, you know, so like, depending on what your goals are and what you want to learn, you could have multiple mentors. Um, but yeah, you really got to find out where they hang out, you know, like if, <laughs> where like, if someone like you see is really great on Twitter, of like talking about, I don't know, salary negotiation and you're like getting mm-hmm. a new job and you want to get some pointers on that. Um, definitely try and reach out to them. But um, I think the the main thing is like, you really need to focus as a mentee, you really need to focus on yourself and what you want to learn and then go find those people that are really good at it. Yeah. Okay. And as, as you're highlighting there, some of these relationships don't have to be long lasting. They can be very short period of time for what you're aiming for in that moment compared to long-term visions like your career. If you've manage to find a mentor who is willing to help you in your endeavors. Do you have any kind of skills or approaches that you take to nurture that long-term relationship? And do you kind of like meet regularly? Do you check ins? Like what, how does that kind of relationship seem to work? Yeah, I think depends. I think it, okay. if it's someone that's like in your company that mm-hmm. you're working with, maybe you can meet once a week for an hour because you're working on a project to help you learn more about like I don't know, react state or something. Um, if it's where you just want to do a check in and like a pulse check of your career, I think you could just kind of maybe message them on LinkedIn or like whenever you have a question or um, things like that. But I think one of the main things is if you don't have like a constant weekly mentorship one, if you do have like once every couple months, it's important to follow up with them to let them know how their advice and how their teachings really affected you and how it helped you because I think it makes it so much worth it for the mentor to say oh this feels great like I'm actually Mm. giving someone advice they're listening to it or practicing it and it's working um so I think there's like a full little like life cycle circle of of how those meetings should go Uh, but it really just I don't know depends on your workload on how much help you actually need how much time the other person has it could be completely over like dms or on LinkedIn or anything like that. So I think if it works for you and it works for them, um, it could be situational, but. How can you tell if you, the, mentee, the mentor you've chosen is good or bad? <laughs> like, how do you know if it's mm. going wrong or it's going well? Yeah. I yeah, I think uh, you said mentor, right? We'll talk yeah, about yeah. a good mentor first. Yeah. yeah. So I think a good mentor is someone who, is really willing to like share their knowledge and help others. So if they're constantly putting out content or if you notice that they do great blog posts or I don't know, they're just like willing to listen to you and they could explain hard concepts, maybe in a handful of different ways and different perspectives. Mm-hmm. I think engineers that you keep asking like why or like, I don't get okay. it. And they keep, they keep being able to explain it. Like so many different perspectives are probably the smartest people that, I've worked with or no. Um, but yeah, they just, I think a good mentor really provides guidance um, in the right direction and not really doing everything for them. So they don't take over the screen. They don't take over the keyboard. Really, like I mentioned earlier, kind of teach them to teach themselves. Um, so yeah, I think a good mentor really just shows you how to teach yourself by like how they've they've guided you um yeah but also with like plenty of mentors there's you could also have a bad seed or a bad mentor <laughs> um which 
which happens. <laughs> okay, so to flip that around uh, um, to you as a mentee, how do you be, be a good mentee towards your mentor? Yeah, I think it was, this was hard for me because when I first started out, I was so excited. I just wanted to learn everything. And I had this really great mentor and I was like, I don't want to disappoint them. What are the rules? I'm a big rule follower <laughs> and I couldn't find much out there. Um, so I started like writing and keeping notes. And now I have a blog post called how to be a good, uh, how to be a good pair partner when pair programming. Okay. Um, but overall I could just give a scoop on that is so being a good mentee, I think is also you're open and willing to learn. You show up prepared. Um, you've Googled the topic, you've watched videos, read blog posts, search the company Slack, which is also <laughs> just a great, great tip. Um, you found the, like maybe you found the file, but you don't know the right syntax. Um, you have a list of questions. You just come very prepared because you don't want to waste anyone's time. Mm-hmm. Um, I think um, one of the biggest things that you really um, can do for a good mentee is or how to be a good mentee is ask questions. Um, I think sometimes if you have a more senior engineer, they just don't realize some things or like realize what you know or what you don't know. So if you keep asking questions, I think that will really help you become uh, a great mentee and eventually a mentor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think if I remember in this correctly, I think in your talk, you mentioned a little bit about knowledge swapping as well as a mentee and mentor. Do you want to talk about that a little bit as well? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so personal experience of mine, I have been um, in a mentorship relationship with someone on my team. Uh, well, technically he's on another squad. We call it, we have squads. We have about five squads, but we have okay. an engineering team. Mm-hmm. And um, he has primarily been working on the back end. is really wise with, rails and ruby and all that and i mostly my heart's always been on the front end even though i'm full (laughs) stack but i've been when i joined about three years ago i was having difficulty just understanding the back end and rails and ruby syntax and all that and so being able to this was actually like a planned mentorship where we if you wanted to join you can sign up and get paired up and um i think the way that it really helped is like sometimes I'm the mentor when I'm helping with React and front end things, and mm-hmm. he's learning a lot in that way. And then other days we totally flip it, and I'm the mentee, and he's the mentor, and he's teaching me about a lot about Rails things. And so I think with some specific mentorships, it could be a flip flop back and forth of constantly like learning from each other. Um, you could also, if it's just someone you're getting career advice for, they could give you some advice. You do it you come back to them and you say, Hey, it worked. Then I think that mentor is also learning like what advice is good to give. And then they can mentor other people or maybe it didn't work. And they're like, Oh, okay, let's try something else. And so um, I think with, with mentorships, it's felt, it usually feels very concrete of like, I am the mentor. You are the mentee. Um, And I kind of like to break that up a little bit and flip it around because you could constantly be learning from, from either of you. Okay. Um, now, when I was watching you at the React London, there was a slide that I remember very fondly 
Um, <laughs> and it was when you were talking about the seagull effect. And I, I remember taking a screenshot and having to, well, with my phone, I was on my computer. So, but I took a photo and I immediately tweeted it because I remember the phrase, and I've got it up just to remind myself, but it was like, when someone is trying to help but craps all your, over your code and then flies away. Now, I'm just pulling that out because I think you need to tell everyone what the seagull effect is because <laughs> I loved this part of your talk. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, we've basically talked about great experiences with mentors and mentees so far, but sometimes they don't go well. Sometimes you have a bad mentor out there. And um, the seagull effect really has been a counterexample of that. And it's from a personal experience. I was working um, on a team and pair programming with a more senior engineer. And each week I kept feeling lost after the pair sessions and more confused. Um, my code was a mess. None of my tests were passing. I was really just like the code was spiraling out of control. Um, and so, yeah. Um, and that's where I kind of like come up with or found uh, the seagull effect. And yeah, as you mentioned, it's when like someone comes in flies in, craps all of your code, makes all these changes, and then goes away. Um, and it doesn't really just apply to pair programming or, or engineering mentorships. You could really have many seagulls in many life situations. So they attempt to help you make a bunch of changes, and then they leave you hanging because maybe they ran out of time, they got overwhelmed, um, they didn't know how to solve it, and they didn't want to admit that they didn't know how to solve it. Um, but overall, you're just like left with no solution, no confidence, maybe questioning your career life choices, um, when really you should just be like flying and working together in the same direction, not having someone crap all over your stuff and then fly away. Um, and if this is happening or if you are single yourself, that's OK. <laughs> the first step is just to realize that you are. Um, but yeah, take a pulse check. Uh, be more direct with what you need, what's not working. If you're just too overloaded with work, you just have pressure to finish a project and you don't have time that week mm -hmm. to help a mentee, just be honest with that. Um, and if it's not working out, maybe you just have very different learning styles. Just yeah. take a pause. Um, say, hey, like, um, it's not working for me right now. There's a lot going on. I want to try this on my own and maybe ask some other people on the team for some help. Um, I think that's one of my secrets of if I do get too overloaded and I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings or if the mentorship isn't really working out and in either of our favors, I'll say like, Hey, things have been a little crazy lately. Do you mind if we take a pause on this mm -hmm. for a few months or a month and then be able to pick it up if our schedules allow it? Um, but yeah, overall, the seagull effect is, <laughs> is very fun. That's um, a great slide to have in your, <laughs> in your hostel. <laughs> um, yeah, so you mentioned there, um, like you mentioned a couple of techniques in there for um, the conversations you're having, and I, I know you mentioned pair programming just then as well. So, mm -hmm. is pair programming a technique you use during your mentorships, or is it, is there other techniques that you can recommend for people trying to be effective? Yeah, I think it. Um... For, at least for me right now, like where I'm at in my career, I want to get better. Like, I feel like I'm very good with my, like my soft skills, my communication skills, my negotiation mm -hmm. skills. And my, where I would need to improve is like my, my backend code, my more 
complex projects and just kind of leveling myself up as a full stack engineer. And I found the best way that I can learn and level myself up is through pair programming because that my goal reflects around code. Um, but I, I love parent programming so much, <laughs> especially working remote because I get a little lonely with the whole, you know, yeah. remote and I'm like just here in my house, just by myself. So, um, being able to meet up with someone then pair program and it's just, um, one that fills that loneliness hole for me. And two, I'm like, I just learned so well from others, just mm-hmm. like screen to screen, face to face. Yeah. Um, but it's also, especially pairing remote is so much better than pairing in person. <laughs> Cause like two people huddled around one mm-hmm. screen, one yeah. keyboard, it's not fun for me at least. <laughs> but then when you're able to screen share and like do notes and like, if they wanted to just take over real quick and write a lot of code, um, I think pair programming is a great way f- to force people to explain code and like use yeah. their words, mm-hmm. um, which helps them comprehend it more if they can explain it. Um, yeah. Overall, just yeah. big fan of pair programming. <laughs> oh, also yeah. one of my favorite things about pair programming is you learn the other person's tricks. You're like, oh, how did you do that? I didn't, yeah. It's like, I didn't know you could do that in VS Code or like someone had uh, GitHub Copilot turned on when I was pairing with them. And I was like, what is this magic? Like, what is GitHub Copilot? And now I have GitHub Copilot. And it's just, it's also fun to just see their tricks and tips on how they are more efficient with their Mm -hmm. coding. Normally, whenever I'm doing pair programming, people just like to complain that I'm using the mouse too much. Ah. <laughs> I have not learned all the shortcut tricks in my life yet. I, <laughs> so they go, why are you moving your mouse to get the file open? I'm like, I don't know. It's just muscle memory <laughs> at this point. I'm too old. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, well, basically, um, this is one of the reasons I started the podcast in general is like, as you were saying just then, your your goal right now is to improve your backend skills in and you're looking for mentors for that. Whereas my aspect right now is I'm trying to get better at public speaking and communication. And I thought having the podcast be a great way to kind of do that without too much of the pressure of having to stand on a stage. <laughs> and so I applaud you for having done that many times. <laughs> but um, my goal, obviously, um, is by probably the end of the year or beginning of next year is to sign up to try and get a talk on to a platform somewhere so this is a way to kind of build up that confidence that build up some skills list, learn from everyone else uh, the people that have done it so yeah i i agree with you finding the right platform for what you're trying to learn if you're learning to code program pair program is definitely i am a big fan of it as well especially i do it a lot with junior developers and especially with vs code now where like click of a button and you're in their ide and you're coding as, alongside them it's amazing how quick that absolutely. works absolutely yeah. <laughs> We've specifically got in your title, you said how to get a mentor without asking them. And I think that's, that's an interesting key part of that is like, do you have examples of how you've managed to do that? <laughs> because obviously we talked right at the beginning, like how do you approach people and how do you, you know, have that conversation without being too blunt, but how do you do this trick where you don't, they don't realize they're being a mentor? Yeah. 
Yeah, if actually, that's I have not a... too cheeky to say it that way. Like, no, you know, no, you're deciphering like... your information. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's totally acceptable. It's like this is your talk title, and you haven't even talked about the talk title, <laughs> so that's completely fair. Um, but yeah, I have a, a handful of examples. Um, so, personal examples for me, anyways. Um, when I joined ConvertKit, uh, they were just starting a mentorship program. It wasn't very that formal. It was fill out a Google spreadsheet. Mm -hmm. What are your goals? And then whoever wanted to join could join. Um, And then we got matched up and you're allowed to be matched mentorship relationship for about three months. And then if you wanted to continue, you could, you didn't want, you could sign up again and get a different mentor. Um, And so that was very easy for me to just, oh, great. Yeah, I'm new here. I want to learn more more rails back and things so i'll sign up and um it ended up working out great um initially the program i mentioned was quarterly so you would switch mentors but i'm still with the same person that i got matched up with and now i've been at the company for three years and and i think the cool thing is is that these like little match um mentorship programs can really be started by anyone on an engineering team i don't think Mm -hmm. anyone would say or I hope no one would say we're not doing this um because it takes up too much time or something Uh, that would be sad and you shouldn't work there but um overall it's I think being able to just set up like a mini thing and gauging people's interests and pairing people up is just kind of lifts the pressure of trying to find someone for help or trying to find someone for it and all you need Mm -hmm. is like a sign up sheet on Google and then like <laughs> a Google form and to be able to, to sign up. So that's a sneaky way. I got a three-year mentor now without really <laughs> formally asking them. Um, another one, and we just talked about it is um, pair programming. I think uh, pair programming is like little forms of mentorship. I, um, I probably pair program a few times a week with people on our engineering team. I think it's a, it's like, it has proven to be like a great way to learn from each other, like raise the level like of the entire team. Um, maybe isn't really everyone's first thought because it could be like a vulnerable thing to be like, Hey, does anyone want to pay a program? Like I'm not quite understanding this. Um, mm-hmm. But I think making yourself vulnerable and putting yourself out there, like allows other people to see like, Oh, like Aaron's really smart. She's asking for help. Like I could ask for help too. So I think kind of that working in public and being able to ask to help to pair program um, can really help. And if they're just like, yeah, like tiny little things like, Hey, anyone have time to pair today on like react use effects? Like I'm creating one and I'm missing something and I don't really mm-hmm. understand everything. Um, like I think saying you don't know something isn't a sign of weakness. It's an opportunity oh, to get, yeah, to get yourself to grow and learn and to have others learn and with you so I think overall pair programming what <laughs> you mentioned we're huge fans uh, but I do think it's like mini mentorship um, lessons and if that pair programming really sticks and you learn a lot from mm-hmm. that person it could blossom into a mentorship mm-hmm. um, thing yeah mentorship I think, thing. <laughs> yeah I think as um, your your career progresses as a a developer you know you eventually hopefully you get to like the level of a senior developer and you become a mentor without realizing it anyway so you immediately have juniors and mid-level people that you're constantly having to work with and le- help them progress through their stages of their career as well and what you 
said that then just then about not being afraid to ask to you know ask a question is something that I try to say to every junior or every junior I ever meet um I say I'm constantly asking questions I I do I'm I've been doing this 15 years and I'm still asking questions because the internet moves so quick the web moves so quick there's a million frameworks going on it's impossible for you to keep up with anything so you know I'm always saying ask questions ask in the group if generally sometimes as well when people like we have a slack at our company and if someone asks a question personally I'll just be like if you ask can you just ask that in the main group because then more people going to have the option to look at it they might have a different feedback more people getting into the conversation and you're sharing knowledge and mentoring everyone at the same time and you're all helping each other which goes back to that kind of like swapping knowledge aspect of things yeah absolutely and i also think being um having been a mentee and and having a mentor really as you're leveling yourself up you're like leveling up the the mentor mm-hmm. um example i have of that is another teammate i started working with once a week sharpening up my friend and skills um, also just trying to get to learn more people in the company um, mm-hmm. and pair programming is a great way to do that. But as I was leveling up, I didn't really realize that they were also leveling up. Um, I was learning like great debugging stuff in front end UI solutions, um, but they were learning how to be a mentor since I was setting a good example of what a good mentee could be. And mm-hmm. so they discovered that they wanted to become a manager based off of um, some of our mentorship sessions and eventually a engineering manager role opened up for them and they've gained experience and had examples um to give and so mentoring can really open doors for career opportunities as well yeah and i think um it's important to probably say that mentoring is not just as we were just highlighting a little bit there is it's not a one-to-one relationship because you can be a mentor in a group scenario like for everyone that's essentially going to a talk to be is a mentee of that talk and the person giving it is a mentor of that talk right so i think if you want to be an effective mentor you have to practice all aspects of being a mentor whether that's individual public speaking i even find personally i think even writing blogs that kind of stuff i find this all the same skill set that you need to be affected by it would you think along the same lines or yeah actually I never thought of thought of mentorship at that wide of a lens but I think that's that totally clicked in my mind of I'm writing a blog post on this I'm sharing my knowledge others are learning from it and they can be a mentee and learn from it so yeah absolutely I think there's many forms of like media out there that you can place yourself as being the mentor um, no matter what level that you are it's Contribute to open source, giving a talk, um, writing blog posts, listening to podcasts, doing podcasts. I think there's definitely ways to um, put yourself out there as a mentor and kind of like that also is like a secret way of getting some mentees if that's something that you're interested in. Yeah, absolutely. One more question I had written down is about mentorship programs. And I know you mentioned your the company kind of had a little one, but have you had any experience or know anyone that's had any experience of like official ones, you know, like you have some companies out there that are willing to try and make match people up and sometimes you pay fees and all this kind of stuff. But how do you feel that that dynamic compares to ones you um, kind of like organically grow? Yeah. 
I think those are fantastic. I personally have not um, done any of the programs, but I've heard great success from from people being involved with them, mostly because people that are involved with them already are committed, already want to be there. Um, so you know that, you know for sure that something's going to happen, which is mm-hmm. probably reassuring if maybe you want that assurance that it's going to happen. I think those types of programs are, will be fantastic um, for you. And if they have the type of ventures and that have the goals that you want to reach, then yeah, absolutely. Um, I just had more experience organically reaching out to people, um, mostly because mm-hmm. I'm not scared to ask questions and slide into <laughs> some DMs. So yeah, <laughs> I think I think anywhere you could find a mentor um, that you feel the most comfortable is is great. Yeah, uh, I think I have. Um, so the other day, I actually got an email randomly in my inbox from someone who like had obviously found me from somewhere, found my email address. And was reaching out for some advice on just changing their career from uh, they're at university studying theatre design, which is kind of what I did back in the day. So that transition. So, you know, being not being afraid to ask is definitely the first jump. And um, my fiance, who's not in this tech world or anything, was very much like, is that weird? <laughs> like someone's <laughs> just joined us in. And, and it maybe did think about it. It did make me think, is it weird? And and I thought about it more and I thought, no, because I've done it many times. <laughs> I, I, for me, there's no difference in doing it in an email via a Twitter post. Like it's all the same kind of communication, right? It's, but just making sure you're not just jumping in, like you said, into someone's face and just going, can you help me? <laughs> right. There has to be some kind of pretext to it. Um, I think that was just, yeah, that that's that an experience I had recently, which I found quite funny, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think it's only weird the first time you ask after a while it's kind of just like applying for jobs you know you just like keep keeps going just just handing your cv to anyone on the road can you just take yeah (laughs) okay yeah so that's honestly it's been a great great conversation um since i watched the talk i really wanted to sit down and have a chat with you Um, i just didn't have time to stop by (laughs) afterwards and do any q a's which is which was a shame but i'm glad we've managed to sit down and have this conversation and i hope that we definitely see each other on a one of these random events sometime somewhere but um where i'd like to just open it up and say where could people reach you um if they have any other questions or they want to see because i know on your blog you have the slides for all your talks so Mm -hmm. where, where can people find you yeah, I've tried all the new Twitters that have been coming out, but I haven't been really <laughs> keeping up with those as much. Uh, so sadly, should I say sadly, I'm on Twitter, um, but I'm on Twitter. It's the main place to find me. Uh, my handle's Aaron Fuchs, so it's Aaron Fox with two O's. Um, I check that regularly. I love getting DMs of people asking for career change advice or anything like that. So mostly hang out on twitter still (laughs) cool um and i'm gonna throw one random question at you and i I apologize because i haven't prepared you on any of it no yeah (laughs) um, i'm i'm gonna ask everyone that's on the podcast the same question which is if you could get someone in your your profession to read one book what book would you give send them and it doesn't have to be technology based it can be anything that you like wow one book 
an engineer would read it. Oh, this oh. is hard. Um, <laughs> one book. This one is a weird one, and I don't know why I'm thinking of it, but it, I forget the author. But um, I'm gonna look it up real quick. Um, I read it about a year ago, and it's called Breath. The okay. the new science of lost art by James Nestor. Okay. Um, it's a big yellow book, and it it I don't know. I've been really into like meditation lately and mm-hmm. breath work, and just trying to be you know more calm, less anxiety. And it was just a fantastic study on how we breathe and how you breathe through. Your, I don't know. It was just very reassuring and just like fascinating on how um humans breathe which is probably so random such a random book <laughs> no but this, <laughs> is, this is why i wanted to ask the, this is why i'm asking the question very kind of openly because it's i'm always interested what people are reading outside of their usual bubble of stuff yeah so like like if you ask Actually, me i'm reading yeah go 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 for it yeah can i change my answer <laughs> of course yeah okay so there's that one that's number two but the absolute best book that I would recommend that completely has changed my life is mm-hmm. called Quiet by okay. Susan Cain. And I got to get the right uh, title for you. Yeah, yeah we'll so make it's sure called... we put the correct titles and links in yeah. the show notes as well. So, yeah, it's called Quiet, The Power of Introverts in a World That Can't Stop Talking by Susan Cain. Okay. And I'm a huge introvert. And... This book just taught me that I shouldn't be saying I'm an introvert. You know, oh yeah, it's it's just because I'm an introvert. Like it's a bad thing. And it helped me really embrace, especially like a lot of engineers are introverts. A lot of people that work remote are introverts. Um, It taught me so much about how I like to work and how I can work more effectively with others and like how to tell them what I need. Um, so yeah, absolutely. Quiet um, by Susan Cain completely would write. If you're an introvert, if you're even if you're not an introvert, just to learn, like maybe your your spouse is, your partner is, or one of your immediate reports is, you mm-hmm. just it just really is so eye opening to learn about how they recharge, how they think, what they need to be an effective leader or like individual contributor. It's just it's fantastic. Brilliant. No, that's two two new books I need to put onto my wish list <laughs> <laughs> and give a read. Yeah. No, no, thank thank you again for coming on and I hope to have you on in again in the future. Maybe we'll elaborate on some more mentor et mentor mentor I can never say that right word. Mentor mentee. I keep thinking yes. man mentoring <laughs> for some reason in my head. <laughs> but yeah. And thank you. So. No problem. Thanks so much for having me. I always love talking about mentorship, so anytime. If you like this conversation, please do remember to subscribe to this podcast on your favorite player and stay tuned for upcoming episodes. And if you would like to come and have a conversation with me about a subject you are passionate about, please email me at contact at techleadershipdecoded.com and I'll see you in the next episode. Bye for now.